Chapter 12 The Same Rope Charlie was at Carol's house early on the Friday after Thanksgiving. The Office of Development at the university was doing a big push for Giving Tuesday, and they were using some Black Friday marketing strategies to kick off the campaign. She was on deck all morning to help with the marketing and social media management, and Charlie was going to stay with Cal while she worked. He knocked on the door and Cal answered, grinning excitedly. Morning, Cal. How about watching a little football after some coffee? Charlie asked, yawning. Pre-game stuff might be on already. Or how about playing some football? Cal suggested. Go easy on him, Cal, Carol said as she walked into the living room with her coffee, keys, and laptop in hand. Remember, he drove all day yesterday while we slept. Okay, then maybe start with a circle swing? Cal asked. Sounds like a good compromise to me, Charlie replied. I'll make some coffee and be good as new, Cal Pal. Thanks, guys, Carol said. This shouldn't take all day. I'll try to be home not too long after lunch and we'll scrounge up some leftovers or something. She kissed them both on the cheek and headed towards the door. Pop-tarts are on the counter, bud. Oh, she turned back and winked at Charlie. There's a fresh pot of coffee already made. Of course there is, he chuckled. If you don't know me by now, she sang as she walked out the door. Her heart full, she jumped into her car just ten minutes before she had to be at the office. That was one thing she liked about Davidson, she reminded herself. Everything was in about a two-mile radius. Her house, work, Cal school, church, and Charlie's house. Even though she was alone, the thought of his house, the memory of dancing there with him, made her cheeks flush. Red and yellow leaves covered the sidewalks and the wind had picked up that day, swirling the leaves across the street as she drove. It looked like something out of a movie and reminded Carol of the Birmingham suburb where she'd grown up, which she still missed a lot, despite all the difficulties with Ryan's family she'd been glad to leave behind. She'd grown to love Davidson and Charlie, but it had been quite an adjustment. She felt like God had shown her it was the right place to be, though, especially after meeting her uncle. She and Cal had visited a couple of times, and she was planning to bring Charlie with them on the next visit. It helped so much to have some family nearby. She was a small-town girl at heart, and even though there were close to 100,000 people in Davidson, it still felt small enough to feel like home, like you might get to know most people there if you stayed a few years. Of course, that was before everything happened with Amy, she thought. She sighed, wondering if they'd ever be able to move forward, if Amy would ever be able to make peace with the idea of her and Charlie together. Well, I guess it's not something I can figure out today, God, she prayed. But maybe you can help me out with that. I really do miss her. Carol was at work in minutes, and she easily found an empty parking spot since it was still technically a holiday. Heading into the office, she put her phone on Do Not Disturb mode to allow her to focus. Charlie had her work number if he needed it. Back at her house, Charlie and Cal both had Pop-Tarts and coffee. Cal's coffee made up mostly of milk and they laid out a plan for which games to watch later in the day. Cal, do these Pop-Tarts have butter on them? Charlie asked after a couple of bites. Yeah, Mom always makes them that way. Charlie grinned. Life with her sure was going to be interesting. He grabbed one more refill of coffee, then they made their way outside. Cal spent a few minutes swinging, then decided it was time to climb the tree. Charlie had seen him go up and down that tree hundreds of times before, but this time, somehow, his foot slipped. He was on the ground before Charlie could blink, and he'd landed directly on his left arm. 
Between the two of them, his girls had weathered five broken bones and multiple sprains, and Charlie knew it was broken just by looking at it. Cal was howling as Charlie scooped him up and put him in the car. They sped to the hospital, and he tried calling Carol as he drove. Straight to voicemail, he said to Cal to keep him talking and distracted. I'll bet she's in a top-secret meeting. What do you think? Cal's tears had mostly dried, but his face was still pale. He nodded, and Charlie knew he was trying to be tough. They pulled into the hospital parking lot in record time. Hang in there, buddy. You're doing great. They got Cal checked in and headed back towards x-rays. Charlie tried Carol again, and again it went straight to voicemail. He texted her. Cal's okay, but we're at the hospital. He fell out of the tree and broke his arm. He's okay. Promise. Just come as soon as you can. Looking through the window, he saw the x-ray technician offering Cal his choice of stickers. Pausing for just a minute, he also texted Ford. Cal broke his arm. Carol's at work and I'm with him at the hospital. I know things are tense, but could y'all pray? Amy was in the supply room at the church office, laminating bookmarks for the class's series leading into Christmas. She always liked to give their group something extra to help them stay connected through the week and remember the lesson. She'd just transferred the pile of laminated bookmarks to the paper cutter when she heard the front office door open. Thanks for coming up here with me, Elaine, the church's administrative assistant, said. It shouldn't take but a few minutes to find those coupons. I can't believe I left them. That 40% off was the main reason I wanted to go to Kohl's today. Oh, it's fine. Nice break from the shopping, another lady replied, but Amy didn't immediately recognize her voice. It wasn't as crazy as I thought it would be out there today. Oh, goodness, Elaine replied. I remember one year, Honey North and I went, and we waited in line, in the dark, no less, for two hours. We nearly froze to death, but there was something the girls just had to have for Christmas, and you know how Honey was. Amy smiled, remembering the lengths Honey would go to for her children. She started to head to the front and make her presence known when the other woman spoke up again. Speaking of crazy, what in the world is Charlie thinking, running around with that girl? Amy paused, holding her breath. She was still wound up after yesterday's tiff. I know, Elaine said. Half his age. I thought she was sweet when she first came, but it didn't take her long, did it? You know she even stayed over at his house one night. No, surely not. She did. Debbie Garber, Amy realized. Charlie's neighbor. She had texted Amy first thing that morning asking if anything was wrong at Charlie's house and letting her know Carol was there. Amy rolled her eyes. Debbie had always loved to use her concern as an excuse to gossip. It was a few weeks back, said something about there being a problem at her house when I saw her sitting out on the front porch swing like she owned the place. I didn't buy it for a minute, but let her say that if it helps her feel better. I just don't know what he's thinking, Elaine said. Who could ever follow Honey? She's just irreplaceable. And that girl's probably just looking to replace her little boy's daddy. Who knows what that situation was? Charlie deserves better than that. Amy's jaw clenched, and she felt a wave of nausea wash over her. Here they are, finally, Elaine said. Let's go see if they have any boots left. The women left as Amy stood frozen at the door. They had only said some of what she'd been thinking all along, but the conversation still didn't sit right with her. At least I was polite enough to only say those things to Ford, she thought. She went back to the paper cutter and picked up the bookmarks again realizing the series they were about to teach was on forgiveness. She sighed and looked up. Okay, I'm hearing you, God, she said quietly. You don't have to be so on the nose. She laughed. 
or maybe you do, I've never been one to take a hint. A text from Ford interrupted her analysis. Cal broke his arm, Carol's at work, and Charlie's with him at the hospital. Meet me there. Oh, gracious, she murmured after reading it, gathering up the bookmarks and closing the supply room door behind her. The doctor decided to keep Cal for a couple of hours to monitor him for a concussion, and they'd just moved him to a room when Carol finally called. Oh my goodness, Charlie, I'm just now seeing everything, she sobbed. Is he okay? Is he upset? I can't believe I wasn't there. I'm so sorry. Take a deep breath. He's fine, super tough, and very brave. He's here eating a big old bowl of orange jello. His mouth's too full to say hi. I promise he's totally fine, he stressed. They're going to keep him until you get here, and I'll be here the whole time. Can you drive? Um, I think so, she said, her voice shaky. Okay, he's okay. Yeah, yeah, I can drive. I'll be there as soon as I can. She got to the hospital as fast as she could safely drive and parked next to what looked like Amy's green Mercedes. Still, when she jogged into the emergency room, she was surprised to see her and Ford there. They stood as soon as they saw her. Charlie texted me, Ford said. Sounds like Cal's okay, but we thought we should check in. Right, Amy? Amy didn't say anything, but nodded, the concern on her face evident. Thank you. Carol said. Do you want to walk back with me? Well, sure, I guess so, if you don't mind, Ford said. Amy, you coming? She nodded again, and they quickly walked where the nurse had directed them toward Cal's room. As they rounded the corner, Carol took a quick peek in the window. Cal was asleep in the bed, looking tiny and a little pale, but otherwise no worse for the wear. Carol swallowed hard. He's okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. She prayed silently. Charlie was in a chair beside the bed, dozing as well, his head propped on his left arm and his right hand on top of Cal's. A nurse at the desk across the hall called, He never left his side, Mama. Your boy was in good hands, she said reassuringly. Carol tiptoed in and put one hand on top of Charlie's and Cal's, and with the other, lightly stroked Cal's hair. Charlie stirred and sat up straight. Hey, he whispered, you made it. She couldn't hold back any longer. She dissolved into tears, and he pulled her to his knee, wrapping his arms around her waist as she cried into his shoulder. Shh, hey, hey, he's okay, babe. He's just fine. I'm here. It's okay. Outside the room, Amy's face softened as she took in the scene. You think you can let this go? Ford asked. He deserves to be happy. Amy thought of the last time she and Charlie had been in a hospital room together and the promise she'd made Honey before she had slipped into unconsciousness that she would take care of her family. Maybe taking care of them looked different than she had imagined, different than holding things as close to the same as possible. Maybe giving Charlie another chance at love would be the best way to take care of him. Unusually silent, she looked up at Ford and nodded. Holding hands, the two of them walked to the cafeteria. They got four cups of coffee and one juice box, then returned to Cal's room, Carol was taking care of paperwork at the nurse's desk, so they went in, setting the coffee on the small side table. Amy handed Cal the juice box with a smile, and Charlie looked at Ford with a silent question. Ford winked, nodded once, and handed Charlie a cup of coffee. Amy felt a little irritated watching the two of them acting so smug, but decided to let it slide. How you feeling, Cal? she asked. Awesome. Look at this black cast, he said excitedly. I've got a white marker people can sign it with. Well, you're a pretty tough turkey, she joked. Carol walked back in the room and stiffened when she saw Amy and Ford still there. 
Amy gestured to the coffee. We brought you a peace offering, she said. It's black, just like we both like it, no matter what time it is. Carol hesitated, then took the cup with both hands and sipped it. Though it is decaf, which is an abomination that should be outlawed, Amy said. Carol smiled. I've really missed you, Amy. I've missed you, too. Amy returned the smile and leaned toward her. And I'm sorry, she said quietly, before turning to the rest of the room. We'll all catch up soon, okay? Carol, I'll call you tomorrow, but for now I bet y'all are ready to go home. She ruffled Cal's hair and thumped Charlie on the shoulder as she and Ford left the room, holding hands again. He kissed her on top of her head as they walked down the hall. I'm proud of you, wife of my youth. She smiled at him. Makes me want to marry you all over again, in fact, he said. I'll have to think about it, she said primly as they entered the elevator. She looked up at him and couldn't hold back a smile. You could probably persuade me, though. He wrapped her in a strong hug as the doors closed, lifting her feet off the ground. After they checked out, Charlie drove Carol and Cal home. Carol got him settled in his room, adjusting his cast on pillows and tucking him in a little extra snugly. After she read him his favorite book, said a prayer, and watched him doze off, she came out to find Charlie waiting on her overstuffed couch, reading one of the ten or so books she always had piled on the coffee table, along with a variety of magazines, school papers, and unfinished art projects. How can I ever thank you for today? she asked, sitting beside him. He put the book down, pulled her legs onto his lap, and started massaging her ankles. Hey, don't mention it. Seems like the girls broke every other bone in their body while they were doing gymnastics. Beth even broke her nose playing softball one year. I'm glad I could be there for him, but I just feel so terrible about it happening on my watch. I'm so sorry. She took one of his hands in hers. It could just as easily have been with me, or at school, or church, she said, putting her other hand on his shoulder. You took such good care of him. Oh, that part was easy. He was a real tough guy. I'm proud of him. I'm serious, Charlie. You went above and beyond today for my boy and me. You were so strong for us. She took a shaky breath. I love you. I love you too, he said, pulling her hand to his lips. So much. Do you? She teased. I sure was hoping that was the response I'd get. Oh, had I forgotten to mention it? Sorry about that, he murmured as she wrapped her arms around his neck and pulled him close to her, kissing him softly, then more passionately. She didn't know if it was the adrenaline from the day rushing out of her or his kisses, but she felt lightheaded and leaned back slightly. He leaned into the couch with her and continued to kiss her, his hand traveling up her leg and lingering at her waist. She turned to kiss his neck as she felt him bury his face in her hair and take a deep breath. Lost in the moment, she couldn't pull him close enough. She was suddenly aching for him. All of him. As he started to lean her completely back on the couch, though, she remembered they weren't alone. Sat up slightly and put her hand on his chest, her cheek still next to his. We have to stop or we won't stop, she told him, her lips dangerously close to his ear. I have a little guy in there. We've got to set the right example and... I'd like to avoid an awkward conversation if he walks in. Charlie groaned and sat up as well. I know you're right, but I want you more than I've ever wanted anything in my life, he whispered, his hands trembling as he rubbed her legs that were still in his lap. I want you too, she sighed into his shoulder and put her hands on top of his. 
So it's probably a good thing Cal's here to chaperone, huh? He sighed and nodded. Can I do anything else to help? He asked as she swung her legs around and off the couch. They both stood slowly. Hmm, just one more kiss, she said, kissing him between each word. He pulled her closer to him. I think that was actually four, he said, kissing her again as she let her fingers tickle the back of his neck. I lost count, she said, pulling his lips to hers again. Maybe just one more then? He spun her around and dipped her dramatically as she laughed, then pulled her back up and kissed her one last time. Okay, I'd really better go now, or you won't ever be able to get rid of me. I love you, Carol. You're going to get tired of hearing me say that. Not a chance, mister. I love you too. 